I've been on some of the Wednesdays recently that I've been sharing, sort of stringing together some messages. Uh, They all kind of work together on the topic of being led of the Lord. And so, of course, you you know, kind of started right after the new year and really wanted to, you know, stir up the idea and the understanding uh, that in these, these, Uh, difficult times, these challenging times, these confusing times that we're living in, uh, that we want to be people that certainly uh, discern the Lord's guidance, that we discern his leading, uh, that we know uh, where his leading is coming from, that we uh, lean into the Lord. Uh, So just by by way of recap, just to kind of get us all on the same page here, on the first message we talked about the importance of of establishing uh, a foundation of trust, trusting that God is there, that God does want to lead us that if we'll, in fact, we we looked at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, if we'll trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him, he will direct our paths. Another translation says he'll make our paths straight. You know, so uh, the important starting place is for us to recognize God wants to lead us uh, and it involves our, our, our entire trust in leaning on him. And then we, we spoke about in the second message that the primary ways, not the only ways, but the primary ways that God is going to lead us, uh, it, it, we, we said two things, uh, the word of God and Holy Spirit. And we spoke a little bit about each of those in that message. And then uh, in the, the we, we kind of leaned in that message to the word and how God will never contradict the word and just how important it is for us to understand and know God's word uh, as we discern the input around us as we make choices and decisions. The next week we looked into being led by the spirit so we bore down a little bit more on that. Uh, God's GPS for us and being led by Holy Spirit in the different ways that, that he'll lead. Then uh, the, the most recent message, th- this was number four, was uh, hey, is it God, me, or the devil? You know, this, this thought, this decision, this, this opportunity before me, how do I discern? And we talked about the characteristics of each of those voices and how we can discern. So that brings us to t- today, uh, just for our time here uh, this evening, I want to talk about God's voice of wisdom and how the Lord wants to grant each of us wisdom. Uh, so, so we're going to lean into that and look at how that, that wisdom from heaven is one of the ways that God will lead his children. He'll, he'll lead his people. And so before we look at the voice of wisdom, I just, just want to acknowledge uh, a couple of voices that, you know, for us as human beings, that, that we have to process through. And, you know, God will certainly touch some of these areas, but we don't necessarily want these things to be the drivers. You know, we want it to be that uh, we can discern the voice of the Lord, and that's what the driver is. So, so a couple of voices on the inside that we could deal with. The first one, uh, we'll say, uh, is, is the voice of feelings. And, and now, I, I, don't wanna, I don't want you to, to think of feelings as in emotions. I want you to think of feelings as in five physical senses. You know, so feelings are the voice of the body. You know, uh, you lean on a stove, your hand is near the burner, you don't realize the burner was just on, you start to feel the heat, and all of a sudden you get this really, you know, this, this wise thought from heaven, I better move my hand, right? You know, so it's, there's physical feelings, you, you know, and we interpret those, um, and that's how we connect with the physical world around us, sight, sound, taste, touch, uh, hearing, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's sound, isn't it? Amen. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, though, 
cautions us, hey, we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, another translation just words that we live by faith and not by sight. So our physical senses are all well and good, uh, but we need to realize that when what we're experiencing physically challenges the word of God, God wants us to be moved by faith, not by what we see. Amen? You know, so, so in those circumstances, we're not denying what those physical feelings are telling us. We're just realizing there's a higher authority, there's a better report that we can grab a hold of. And we grab a hold of that by having faith. Faith in the Lord. Faith that what he said is yes and amen. And we know the word tells us all of God's promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. So we, we have feelings, but we have to make sure that the, the physical senses, that that's all kept in its proper bounds. And then secondly, we have our conscience. Now that's the voice of our spirit. You know, when we think of conscience and when we, we spoke about Holy Spirit's leading in our lives, oftentimes he'll lead us in the area of conscience. You know, maybe, you know, we're having conversation and all of a sudden in our conscience we say, ooh, I re- really shouldn't have spoken that way. I shouldn't have gotten into that. Oh, that leaned into gossip or, or maybe I was unkind or, or you, you know, whatever. The, 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 the um, conscience is something that God has given us not as the voice of our spirit. And, you know, one of the things that we have to realize as God speaks to us in our conscience, there are, there's two different applications of God's voice to our conscience. One application is what God is speaking to you. There's another application of what God is speaking to all of us. Can you say amen? amen. We want to make sure that we don't, we don't make an assumption of what God is saying to me is what God is saying to everybody. You, you might be saying, I, I, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. Well, tell me if this helps clear it up. If, if we see, uh, oh, how does the phrase go? If you're a hammer, you see everything as a nail, right? So if, if, if God has given impressions in our heart, certain burdens, certain areas of, of ministry where, where God has just burdened and called us to, maybe there's certain things, right? It tells us in scripture, lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets you. Interesting. So there are sins so in the application of what we're talking about right now, that applies to everybody. A sin is a sin. But there might be things that are weights for you that aren't weights for me. There might be things that are weights for me that aren't weights for you. But Holy Spirit will lead through our conscience, which is that voice of our spirit, so that we can discern what God is saying for us. Can you say amen? You tracking with me on that? So, so, so there's certain things, you, you know, that are very clear and black and white in the word of God. There's other things that we might look and say, hey, that seems to be okay for that person, but that just isn't okay for me. You know, uh, it either violates my conscience or so, sometimes we can discern these things uh, looking at what's the fruit that it's having in my life. You know, and we can understand, hey, that, that's, that's not necessarily something that God wants in my life. So personal conviction or biblical absolute. Each of these, the Lord will deal with us oftentimes in the area of conscience. You know, I'll give it for instance, you know, the word of God doesn't say, uh, it doesn't say don't consume alcohol. It says don't be drunk. 
right? Uh, for me, I got saved when I was 19 years old. I came out of uh, just pledging a fraternity. Uh, I was making a profession of excessively drinking. And so when I came to Christ, there was not a picture for me of, well, you, you know, I have this liberty where I can drink. The Lord just said not to be drunk. For me, the conviction uh, in my spirit was just stay away altogether. And, and then as I went in and working in youth ministry for all those years, I, I know a good rule of thumb is anything I do in moderation. Uh, oftentimes the students will see that as license to do in excess. Amen. You know, so that, that, that's why, so for me, uh, that, that's where it begins and ends. But I recognize that that's a conviction based on my walk, my journey. Uh, that's not necessarily something that I have the right to impose that everybody else should make that the way they respond to that area. Can you say amen? That, that'll do us a lot of good to be able to discern those uh, as, as we relate with each other and as we look at uh, God's dealing with us. Um, so, all right. Um, then the third voice that we want to look at as we're kind of moving into this idea of wisdom is then we, God has given us this voice of reason. And now that's dealing in the area of our mind. Or maybe we could say that's dealing with the area of our soul. So uh, God has given us mind, will, and emotions. He's created us with intellect. Um, however, intellect is not meant to be the end all and be all because God tells us, right? There's some things that, well, well we, we talked about it in the introduction, didn't we? Trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. So is Christianity rational? It sure is. You know, but is, is Christianity uh, to be driven by our rational mind? No, it's to be driven by our spirit. You know, because, and, and, and our spirit is the, the part of us that's the eternal part. I know oftentimes uh, it's something that sticks out to me. Uh, I, I find my observation, Pastor Ralph will with regularity visit that truth to make sure that we recognize we don't want to turn our, our Christianity into an intellectual exercise. You know, that, that yes, we engage our mind, but that's not what's supreme. Amen. All right, so we've got these different voices here, and then we have wisdom. And it's interesting because wisdom will tap into all of these, but in each of these, I wanted us to recognize that there's, there's a discernment process and a, a ranking and ordering of things that God wants us to, uh, to filter through as we're making choices and decisions, right? I walk by faith, not by sight. So my sight tells me my ship is going down. But God's word says, God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. So I'm not going by what I see, what I'm experiencing, what my rational uh, mind is telling me. I'm going by what God's word says. And I'm trusting him and I'm walking by faith. Therefore, I can make my decisions accordingly. Amen? All right. So, so then what is wisdom? Let's unpack this a little bit. Is wisdom knowledge? Are they different? Are they the same thing? Well, wisdom is the ability... To discern what is right, true, or lasting. Take a message. I'm, I'm occupied at the time. Discerning what is right, that deals with moral implications. Discerning what's right. So wisdom for discerning what's right, that has to deal with moral implications. Discerning what is true, that, has to deal, that deals with intellectual implications. And then discerning what's lasting, that deals with eternal implications. 
So again, notice how these all tap back into some of these other voices that are a part of how God has wired us as human beings. Wisdom is the God-given ability to perceive the true nature of a matter and to implement the will of God into that situation. Right? Sometimes there's more than meets the eye in a situation. Right? And it requires wisdom for us to be able to discern and understand that. So let's talk a little bit about the impact of wisdom. You know, re- really uh, part of the goal tonight is for us to just really stir up a heart to be those that are in pursuit of wisdom from heaven. To be those that walk in God's wisdom. So uh, the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. Um, by the way, I'm sure many of us have heard this, right? There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, a great uh, devotional uh, path we could take is to just read uh, whatever day of the month we're on, read that chapter in Proverbs, and do that for a series of months so that we really, really start to ingrain and understand these wisdom principles that are given to us in the Word of God. But here's just a few things that Proverbs tells us about what wisdom will do for us. Wisdom will save us from evil people. It tells us in Proverbs 2.12, wisdom will save us from immoral women. Uh, that's talking to us men. Uh, And it will talk to women about how not to be immoral women, right? Uh, Wisdom will bring you joy, it says in Proverbs 3.13. Wisdom develops good judgment, it says in 4.5. Wisdom will protect you, it says in verse 6 of that same chapter. In verse 8 of that same chapter, uh, 4, it says wisdom will make you great. Proverbs 9.11, wisdom will multiply your days. Proverbs 24, 14, it will give you a bright future. Uh, we can go out to Ecclesiastes, also written by Solomon. Wisdom makes you wise, and, and, and the, the, the picture it gives, more powerful than 10 rulers in a city is, is somebody who, who's carrying God's wisdom. That's such a great picture. And then wisdom improves your life, tells us in Proverbs 1, verses 1 to 6. As a matter of fact, let's take a look. Let's, let's just reflect on this a little bit. So the, the, uh, the benefits, the blessings of wisdom. Proverbs 1.6. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. I love that. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Wow, so there's just so much that's laid out for us there, huh? And just understanding all that comes to us uh, as, as we'll lean into wisdom. So the value of wisdom. Let's go a little further now. Let's look at Proverbs 3. Uh, let's look at verses 13 to 18. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. 
Happy are those who hold to her tightly. Amen. Now let's go a little further. Let's look in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 7 to 9. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Isn't that great? When we, we would stop, I just thought about that for a second. You know, if you were to ask, what's the wisest thing a person can do? Get wisdom. It just circles right back in. I just, God is so good. Whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. So wow, we're, we're probably more than ever freshly stirred up and reminded, man, wisdom is something that I really, really want to get a hold of in my life. I love a, a, a few portions of scripture back where it talked about, you know, uh, insight and, and understanding for the young. You know, years ago in youth ministry, uh, we, we would do certain discipleship seminars. We would do things that had to do, you, you know, uh, with, with uh, dating and romance. And uh, we, we would have different seminars and things. And, and, and I remember one particular one, we had these different quotes all around the room. And uh, there were quotes that kind of related into topics that we would cover in the seminar. And there was this one quote that said, all wisdom does not need to be learned from scars. You know, and I thought, man, that's so good. You know, the, the wise person, a lot of times wisdom is, I just clocked enough life, doing the wrong things, getting some scars, I'm a little bit wiser now. Come on, can anybody else say amen, right? You know, but, but the, the word of God is telling us, hey, some wisdom is going to come that way, but man, there's some wisdom we can get just by going back. What's the wisest thing I can do? Go pursue wisdom. You know, and, and then when we do have wisdom, pursue God's voice, his wisdom, his counsel, and hey, we'll be wiser still. But my point here is not all wisdom, especially this wisdom that comes from heaven, not all of it has to come through experience. Some of it will come through, as a matter of fact, God doesn't, God doesn't sugarcoat anything in the word of God, does he? Somebody messed up, he just lays it out, they messed up. Somebody, you know, did it right, he lays it out, they did it right, and here's what was good, and here's why, and here's what it did. But man, it just makes it really, really clear. So there's all kinds of learning from other people's misfortunes and mistakes that we could take away as wisdom as well. All right, so now let's, let's just spend a few minutes just looking at a couple of simple things on, so how can we get wisdom? You know, if the wisest thing we can do is get wisdom, well, how do we actually go about doing it? So let's look at just a couple of things. Number one, we fear the Lord. And, and you, you know, again, I, the, the, the more I live life and I look at my calling, my values, and the people that are most important to me, I find that if I'm not careful, I will let familiarity diminish the blessing and the gift and the wonder I should have toward these blessings in my life, right? There's a phrase out there, familiarity breeds contempt. Thanks be to God, I really humbly try to live very intentionally so there's not any contempt in these areas. But I think there is a truth that we can let familiarity start to diminish our appreciation for what we have or diminish our, um, our focus on what's most important. Come on, can anybody say amen? Have you ever had that where you just lose sight, you need to be reminded, you know? Without vision, 
God's people cast off restraint. You know, so vision is stirring up, you know, a reminder of what's important. And, and this fear of the Lord, now we know this isn't fear as in uh, terror of the Lord. This is fear as in honor and respect and awe over God's awesomeness, All right? And it tells us here in Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. But notice what it says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, so the first thing, if we want to uh, have God leading our steps, leading our way, and we want God's wisdom in our lives, uh, we want to reverence the Lord. And, and again, I brought up that point earlier, and the longer we walk with God, we want to make sure that we don't lose that reverence, that awe that we have for the Lord. In um, this verse, Proverbs 1-7, it's really the theme of the entire rest of the book of Proverbs. Uh, every wise saying that we find in Proverbs goes back to this foundation principle. Proverbs 9.10 says, uh, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. In another translation, it says, the starting point for acquiring wisdom is to be consumed with awe as you worship Jehovah God. To receive the revelation of the Holy One, you must come to the one who has living understanding. Right? So he'll actually help us know him better. So the fear of the Lord actually has two sides to it, just to, just to make it real kind of concrete for us to grab onto. Uh, one side is to hate evil. It's to hate sin, to avoid sin at all cost. Yeah, I was just reading in Matthew today where it was talking about, you know, uh, our attitude towards sin uh, in the New Testament, right? If your eye offends you, gouge it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off, right? It, it's, it's, you know, again, it's metaphorical there, but it's talking about taking a radical approach to having sin kicked out of our lives. You know, we want to hate evil, we want to hate sin, and we want to avoid sin at all costs. That's one side of fear of the Lord. The other side of it is, and it's just as important, we need to delight in the will of God. We need to delight ourselves in Him. In fact, we have this beautiful promise, delight yourself in the Lord. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. Man, pretty awesome. So the fear of God means to view God with deep and healthy respect so that it's shown in a hatred for evil and a love for what God wants. Psalm 112 verse 1 says, Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. And again, I, I go back to this uh, so often. I think David is such a great example, and we see him in Psalms so often just talking about like how blown away he is over God's precepts. I mean, literally, his, his fear and his reverence for the Lord and his delight in the Lord is to the point where, you know, he's saying, I, 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 I toss and turn and I think about your laws during the night. I rise up in the morning and I think about your laws. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, you, you know, sweeter to me than a, than a Boston cream donut. That, that's the new modern translation. He says honeycomb, but you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You know, just, just to have that much of a delight in the word of God more than anything we would, we would eat or enjoy to recognize, wow, this is such life. This is such blessing. Uh, there is so much that is right and life-giving in your commands, God, that I absolutely delight in you and your ways and your law. That's, that's, that's fear of the Lord. All right, so how do we find wisdom? We have fear of the Lord, number one. And then number two, uh, we are told in the word of God to ask for it. 
So James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. You know, so literally looking for wisdom. I know uh, that that is, that is a prayer that I very, very regularly ask the Lord as a pastor. Lord, wisdom. For, for, and I pray that for me. I pray that for the other leaders. I know our other leaders are uh, also praying that as well. But uh, Lord, we need to know how to lead your church. We know how to, need to know how to lead in these times. Oftentimes my prayer will be uh, going back to, you know, my, my heart is, is so captured where it, it says in the word of God, uh, uh, when it's talking about David's mighty men, it's listing all of his mighty men and it talks about the, these, this group, the sons of Issachar. And it, and it says the sons of Issachar understood the times and knew what to do. That's wisdom from heaven. They understood the times where they were in. Come on, how many of us, you, you click on the news and we've got all these experts, you know, and they, they define everything out for us. And then you can buy the latest book and here's the latest trend and all this. And, but that's only part of it, right? Okay, so we're, we're, we're grasping the times, but knowing what to do, we need to hear from heaven on that, right? And, and, and asking for wisdom can be, Lord, help me have wisdom to be the best husband, the best wife, the best father, you know, the, the best mother that I can be. Uh, actually, Solomon, you know, he's, he's about 20 years old and he's the brand new king of Israel. Again, going back to the idea of all wisdom doesn't need to be learned, uh, you, you know, by making mistakes. Here he is just right on the front end. And he loved the Lord and he's walking in the statutes of his father, David. And he goes to Gibeon from Jerusalem to offer sacrifices to worship God. And he offers a thousand burnt offerings. Remember in the Old Testament, the sacrificial system, this was the model of, of, uh, of repentance from sin and of, of uh, giving fellowship offerings and peace offerings. There's all these different ways uh, and all of these things were, were a foreshadow of what would happen through Jesus shedding his blood on the cross. All these things that would belong to us, right? Um, but here he is, he offers a thousand burnt offerings. And the Lord appears to him in a dream. And God says to this 20-year-old kid, ask anything you want and I'll give it to you. You know, and we got to hand it to Solomon, right? You know, because, I mean, in his youthfulness, he could have asked for some really stupid things. But he didn't. Uh, let, let's take a look in, in 1 Kings 3, verse 9. He says, give me an understanding heart. You know, an inner inner." inner man, mind, will, heart. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you've asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will... Uh, be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. So wow, there it is, right? Um, you, you know, uh, asking for wisdom in his young age, having, you, you know, the understanding of the wisest thing I can do is, is seek wisdom. You know, and let's just talk for a moment. So, so what is the difference between knowledge and wisdom? I leaned into it a little bit. The sons of Issachar, they understood the times. That's knowledge. 
and they knew what to do. That's wisdom. I can remember one time uh, my daughter had a, a dance injury, and so uh, it was a rainy day, and uh, I was dropping her. She was getting an x-ray, and so I dropped her by the door. She kind of hobbled on in, and I parked the car, and I was, was parking around the back of the building, you know, uh, standing out back uh, was a doctor uh, puffing away in a cigarette, you know, and I thought to myself, I know he studied the effect of that. You know, don't get me wrong, church. I wasn't like casting condemnation on this guy. I just had a thought. You know, I had a thought of, wow, he probably knows better than most people what that's doing to him was the thought I had. And then, I, and then, then the follow-up thought was, there is a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is knowing what it's going to do to you. Wisdom is saying, so I won't do it, Right? And, and, and again, I, I'm not like casting stones because we, we, and neither would any of us here, right? Because we all have areas where we realize, oh, I have knowledge, but I'm not walking in the wisdom to, to live out what that knowledge means for my life. Come on, can you say amen or ouch tonight, right? We all have whatever ways, you know? Uh, so, so, yep, we can ask for it. We ask God for wisdom. And so it says in, in James here, God's not going to rebuke us for asking, and the Lord rejoices in us seeking his face. The Lord rejoices in us wanting to know what his will in his heart is. All right, and then the last one that we're going to look at here, and we'll start to wrap up with this, is we pursue it, right? So we fear God, we ask him to deliver wisdom, but then we live in a way that's in pursuit of wisdom. So most people will pursue all kinds of goals, you know, uh, you know, whatever their version of success is, money, fame, riches, um, you know, notoriety, whatever it is. Um, but, but God wants us to pursue him and his wisdom. Proverbs 3.16 says, she, that is wisdom, offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. So it really leans back into, you know, again, this is, this is Solomon here who, under inspiration of Holy Spirit, wrote Proverbs. And so, you know, we have the guy who had God tell him, ask for anything and I'll give it to you. And, and we had him, this guy say, I think I'll ask for wisdom. And then God responds and says, good choice, because when you ask for wisdom, you're going to be able to live and operate in a way that will get these other areas functioning in your life too, right? Wisdom offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. Proverbs 4, 8, if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. Amazing, right? We, we reverence the Lord and wisdom will honor us. Pretty, pretty cool thought. So, you know, this idea of we have to pursue it, we need to be a student of learning. How many know our learning never stops this side of heaven? And I'm pretty sure on the other side of heaven, it's probably not going to stop either, right? I don't think we're just going to instantly have everything, you know, I don't know what, what the deal is, you know, our new glorified heavenly body, but I, I would suspect that there's just going to be always ongoing learning. But certainly this side of heaven, it never stops. The day we think we know it all, uh, we, we have hit a ceiling and we have nowhere to go there uh, but backward, right? And that's why we, we can go back. We actually saw it here. Um, the young can gain wisdom, understanding, knowledge, but the wise, they'll get wiser still. There is no, I'm wise enough. You know, that's why oftentimes, you know, I'll, when I hear people say, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I, I heard that before. That, that was good. That was nice. Uh, I, 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 
I just don't, I honestly can't think from that perspective. I've heard it before, so I'm good. Especially with spiritual things. Come on, can you say amen? Why? Because there's no depth to my understanding. And I also realize I leak. You know, so let's just take something simple as we're to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I don't know about you, but I kind of need to hear that like every day because I leak. You know, and there was a church in Revelation that leaked too. And Jesus rebuked him and said, you've lost your first love. You know, so I'm sure they were like, yep, we got the first love thing. We got the love God first thing, you know, but we need to constantly be reminded. My point here is that we don't ever want to approach really any subject as it relates to our walk with God and say, I've got that down. I've heard that before. Because remember, if nothing else, there, there needs to be a stirring, a reminding, a pouring back in. So, uh, and then just let me just say, and then the last thing. Um, so we've got these, these uh, three truths. We, we fear the Lord. Uh, we uh, ask God for wisdom, we pursue wisdom, and then, of course, th- this is super important, we have to apply it. Wisdom applied increases our productivity. Uh, it will always increase our, um, the, the fruit that comes out of our lives. Um, wisdom is applied knowledge, right? So, the sons of Issachar, they understood the times, they knew what to do, and then the implication there is, and so then we went and did it, right? And, and of course, we have in Matthew 7, uh, again, go, we've heard this lots, but ties in with what we're talking about here. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on the bedrock. So remember, the bedrock here, the principle here is being a hearer and a doer of the word. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a a mighty crash. So in in every situation, we, we want to ask, you know, hey, what's the wisest thing to do here? You know, what should be my response here? You know, and, and even in the process of uh, when we haven't handled things the right way, or we've sinned, or we've failed in some way. You know, oftentimes as human beings, we'll approach something in that arena because it stings and it doesn't feel good. We'll just want to get right away from it. But the the wisdom factor will be, wait a minute, what does God want me to glean from this so I can apply it to my life moving forward? Amen? So so we we got done earlier saying, hey, all wisdom doesn't have to to come from scars. But you know what? When we get the scars, let's make sure we learn it the first time around. I'm saying that to myself too because there's times where I say, I'm back around this mountain. Crud. I thought I learned this one. I guess I have to go back around and learn it again. Right? But if we constantly have this approach to wisdom is I apply it, I work it out, I walk it out. And that involves, again, reflecting. That involves working it into our lives. You know, sometimes, you know, if we have an area where we're stuck, we as human beings, oftentimes we're creatures of habit. So I think it was, was it Albert, Albert Einstein who said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. 
Come on, how many times are we guilty of that? I have known that stinking quote for like 20 years, and I still find myself saying, I'm doing the definition of insanity, you know? And, and what I didn't do is go back and say, all right, wait a minute, what is wisdom from heaven in this situation? What do I have to do different now that that Father would say to me, that, that Holy Spirit wants to share with me so that I can walk a different path from here? So, um, and, and sometimes knowing to do something and not doing it, the Lord holds us pretty accountable on those things, right? Like it says in, in James four seventeen, remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Right? So uh, we, we want to apply wisdom. If we want to see increase in wisdom, we want to steward it well. James 3.17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. So great picture of, you know, what is wisdom from Father going to look like? Can you say amen? So, hey, there, there's, you know, let's go back to where we started. I think there might be one more message on this topic that we're going to do. Because one thing I didn't get into is uh, gifts of the spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, some of those things. So I think we're going to cover that uh, um, somewhere here, you know, kind of soon. But just to tie us back in, uh, back to Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. It's so easy to look back and say, ah, of course, that's what God was doing. Not so easy on the front end sometimes. And certainly we are living in days where, again, there's going to be a lot that people will seek to identify. People will seek to bring clarity to. Sometimes... We'll hit a bullseye. Yep, that's what God is saying. That's what God is doing. That's how God relates. Sometimes, church, we won't. And God didn't necessarily tell us that we're going to have it all figured out. As a matter of fact, it does say these last days, hard to deal with. Times of pressure, you know, uh, times that could, you know, uh, we, we did a series, you know, our, our most recent series, you know, talking about, um, you know, we're not of this world and, and how we want to be. And uh, there can be things that will try to sow confusion. And, and Pastor James hit on difficult times just this last week. Just going back to this point, lean not on our own understanding. You know, going back to our emotions. Our emotions are a fantastic servant. They're a horrible master. So if we keep our physical feelings Okay, I have physical senses to interact in this world, but I walk by faith and not by sight. God has given me emotions, and through them I can discern some things, but my emotions are to serve me. I'm not to serve them. You know, my conscience as I walk through, there, there is a path for everybody. There's a path for me. And as we discern and walk through, we'll, we'll gain wisdom there. And then, of course, what we looked at here today is uh, there's going to be a plenty of growing our knowledge. God wants us to then be able to know what to do with the knowledge and then do what we know to do with the knowledge. A little, little harder to do, right? Amen? But that's part of walking out, fighting the good fight of faith. But, you know, what's so exciting is when we look at all this, we, we make the determination 
you know, part, part of my heart and my prayer going into this series, you know, uh, and, and some of these other things that we looked at on the front end of this year is that we would be, as God's people, not taken captive, not looking like the world as the world responds to everything going on around us, but that we just so brightly shine the Lord to the world around us. You know, going back to Solomon, you, you know, there was that, that one time where the, you, you know, the, the two ladies are fighting over the baby. Uh, you, you know, it's my baby, it's my baby. You know, <laughs> Solomon looking at this, what is right? What, how do I discern this? You know, the real mother loves this baby with a mother's love. Okay, we'll just split the baby in half and you each get half. And how many know that this story is in the word of God? One says, okay, that's right. Go ahead, split it in half. The other says, no, 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 no. Give the baby to her. And he says, ah, that's the real mother. Everybody looked and said, ooh, that's God kind of wisdom. How did he figure that out, right? You, you know, just, just a picture of there'll be so many scenarios around us where in the natural, it'll look stalemate. You know, well, how are we supposed to walk through this? but we'll have wisdom from heaven. You know, we'll know what to do. And that's because we're not leaning on our own understanding. In all our ways, we're acknowledging him and he's directing our paths. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. So hey, why don't we just wrap up tonight just, just inviting God uh, to pour his wisdom out on us. Amen. Well, Father, we love you so much. God, we do thank you that... Lord, you tell us in your word, you give us all of this picture. You don't hold back how heavy and crazy and difficult these days will be for our world. But you gave us such good news that we would overcome, that we would be able to rise above, that we would be able to be the fragrance of heaven to the world around us, that we would be able to be light to those who are shipwrecked, to, to safe passage to you and to, to salvation, to what's life-giving. And God, we just so thank you that, that you have all of these ways that you have told us in your word that you would lead us and guide us. I thank you, God, for giving us your word. I thank you, Lord, for the indwelling presence of your precious Holy Spirit inside us. Thank you for instructing us and showing us your dealings and, and how we can discern and grow in discernment. And Lord, as we've looked here tonight now, we recognize that you're wanting to give us wisdom. And so God, we just... As we close this service tonight, we just, wherever we are around this room, watching online, we just make it an altar before you, a place of surrender, a place of dedication, a place where we lay down all that we are. And we say that we're all yours, God. Lord, we make the confession tonight that we trust you with all of our hearts. And Lord, we make the pledge that as we walk through, we will not lean on our own understanding. And as you would direct us and as you would grow us and lead us and challenge us, Lord, we want to, in all of our ways, acknowledge you and reverence you and have a holy fear of the Lord. 
And God, we just thank you that in all of this, you said that you would make our paths straight, that you would direct us. So Father, just around the room tonight, watching online at whatever point, maybe weeks down the road, somebody's listening. Lord, wherever there is anxiety, wherever there is worry, wherever there is fear, we surrender that to you. Lord, whether it be just life around us or things happening in our lives now, we just surrender fear to you. We surrender anxiety to you. We surrender worry and care to you. And we thank you. You said we can cast our cares and our anxieties because you care for us. So Lord, now in the name of Jesus, we say no longer are they our cares and anxieties. We cast them off and give them to you. And Lord, we trust you for wisdom to walk through the days, the weeks, the months. Lord, as we walk hand in hand with you. So God, in all of this, we just give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.